Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Back by no one's demand but our own and finally from our home office here in beautiful, sunny, scenic, quarantined Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee Tickets brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising, happy to be back here with you to send you into your 4th of July weekend with another great podcast with a conversation among some of our good football friends, Rhett Bryan of Titans Radio and Teron Davenport, Titans reporter for ESPN.com. We spent some time today on Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, how that affects the Titans in the race for the AFC. We discussed the recent news on the cancellation of preseason games and the implications that it will have for the regular season come 2020. We evaluated media access for the Titans and what that means for you guys as fans should our access be limited. Then we'll wrap up with five good minutes on high school football and the, st- and the delaying of a season that has already been put into effect by the TSSAA. All that ahead on today's 615 Sessions. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports, Nashville.com. Those two smiling faces that you see via YouTube, if you are viewing with us, if you are listening, I can promise you that the grins are sufficiently toothy. We have... Rhett Bryan of 104.5 The Zone and Titans Radio at Rhett B, Tennessee, and the OG, the big homie, Teron Davenport of ESPN.com. Boys, it is good to see you. Good to talk some shop with two of my favorite football minds. I appreciate you doing this today. Glad no to do problem. it. No problem. I just got to get it one time, Rhett. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Yeah. (laughs) Brother, brother, brother. That is what we need. We need that big Thursday energy sending you guys into the holiday weekend. There's a lot going on in the world of professional football that we have assembled the panel here to discuss today. We have not, as of yet on this podcast, discussed Cam Newton to the New England Patriots, so we will spend some time on that. We will discuss what training camp will look like and our confidence level in it taking place as normal when they, when these guys, and us included, are supposed to report on July 28th. But we will start with the latest and, uh, and, and greatest in breaking news, 
which is two preseason games have been removed from the 2020 preseason schedule. The first week and the fourth week have just straight up been mixed. This comes on the heels of the Hall of Fame game being canceled for the Titans. That means that they will not see the Washington professional football team or uh, or the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I'm sorry. Is it Steelers? I believe it is the Steelers. I had it written down, and now I've misplaced yeah. my notes. It's, it's the Steelers, because week two is the Giants at home, and then three, go down there and get everybody with Tom Brady. Correct. Right. So there will be no Washington football team or Pittsburgh Steelers. The league is trying to condense travel, get these guys, use that time in, in time that they have not had to get these guys on the football field and work them into shape, given the fact that it has been a completely virtual offseason. Guys, this is this felt like a little bit of an inevitability, and we have talked uh, at length about the idea that the preseason would be shortened in 2020 and perhaps in the future, given the actual relevance of the preseason. But, uh, Teron, I will start with you. You saw this news, and your initial reaction with the 2020 season looming was what? You know, I thought of guys like Christian Wilkerson immediately, an undrafted free agent. My immediate reaction to that was, first I looked at the schedule and I said, okay, well, what games will I not be able to, to see, you know, uh, in the preseason now? Who am I not going to be able to watch? But then I thought of guys like Wilkerson and, and Kyle Williams out of ASU. These are guys who I felt had pretty good shots of making the roster. So now, okay, what happens? How much more difficult is that going to be? Because, as you know, week four in the preseason, that's really the time where you go out there as an undrafted guy or a roster bubble guy, and you that's your final opportunity to cement your, your spot on the roster. So I thought of those guys right away. Rhett, this is, this is where you thrive. This is where you shine. These 90-man rosters, you take great pride in knowing each and every man <laughs> that comes in on the Tennessee Titans. You are the Encyclopedia Titanica yeah. when it comes to this particular professional football team. Your initial reaction when you saw that week one and week four would be removed from this year's preseason. Well, first of all, to piggyback off of what Teron said, he's right, because every year, in almost every one of those fourth preseason games around the league, someone makes a roster, either the one they're trying to stick on to currently or an audition for someone else because of a performance that they put together. So he, he's, you're right on the money with that. The, the first thing I thought was when you take away the first and the last preseason game, first of all, you're allowing yourself another week of cushion to get your guys together to do what you needed to do because you lost all those OTA hours and times together. There was no mini camp this year where there was no rookie mini camp. Yeah, they've been doing everything virtually, but you can only do so much of that. You've got to get on a practice field and get some things done. The other thing it does by taking away that quick turnaround week from preseason game three to four is it gives you another basically like a, a bye week before you get ready for the regular season, which you're going to need. Uh, in all of this, and, and you're right, for, for Christian, uh, for all the rookie class, or any of those guys in this right. thing, they're all going to be rusty. They're all going to – football is going to look a little different uh, in those first few weeks because everybody's in this boat. Now, however, the ones that can run the ball really well, and we know mm. that the Titans are very capable of doing that, I think have an early edge in this thing. Well, this, this does seem to, to play into what we've discussed with Mike Vrabel 
at length in our media Zoom calls with John Robinson, with the players, even as the emphasis on continuity is going to be greater at this time than ever before. And the Titans, they, they run out the promotional stuff with we're running it back, we tag Derrick Henry, we sign Ryan Tannehill. Hell, Michael Pruitt even coming back for another round. <laughs> we're bringing a whole squad back for another go at this thing. And it does set up well, it would seem for them to be able to operate with as much normalcy as any football team. But my initial reaction, guys, is that if you are already looking at the Hall of Fame game being gone, these two preseason games being uh, whittled away, now you look at the regular season and you say, okay, how when it, comes to the co- when, it, when it comes to the global pandemic that we are all affected by and all in the midst of, how does this play into the regular season specifically? Because based on the conversations that I've had, I don't know how, how much you guys have been talking to people. I know you have connections throughout the league, the both of you. People are not confident about the idea that the NFL is going to be able to play a full 16 regular yeah. game season because of the way that this thing is it's, – it's an inevitability, the way that it's going to infect literally – rosters and how the return to play protocol of a minimum of 14 days is going to remove parts of your roster at any given point. How can we feasibly expect to run the NFL to play a full 16 games when at this point they can't even get the preseason off the ground? Yeah, I think the preseason cancellation, I think those two games, I think that was done with the intentions of kind of trying to secure the regular season. I don't feel like the preseason, those two games being canceled, is a bad sign. I think it's actually a good sign that they're trying to take some steps to ensure. But to expect and and fully see that preseason, or excuse me, the regular season going, I I don't think that – I think that would be a little putting the the cart before the horse, so to speak, because – this thing is just going up and down, right? You look at – I have friends coming here from Philly in, in, next week, and, you know, I just text one of my best friends, and I said, hey, make sure that you're staying on top of this because New York is not allowing people from Tennessee to come into New York without 14-day quarantine. So we know that the state of New York, right, that includes the bill. So how will that work for teams that are traveling to Buffalo? Right. And that's just to kind of show you the wave that we're riding up and down. And I think it's just it's unfortunate that we have some people who don't necessarily respect this whole thing with wearing a mask. And it's not to get political, but I think, you know, we have to do everything we can as people to not only make sure that things like the season can happen. I think we have to do it just so we could try to get back to some form of normalcy. And I just don't know if that full season is going to be able to be played. Rhett, before, before I go to you on this, we must acknowledge the glow-up that Teron Davenport currently has on camera. I see the ring light that you're working with, big boy. You look <laughs> radiant here yeah, on the camera. ESPN, this is, ESPN, they hooked me up. Right. ESPN, <laughs> I see the ring light in your eyes. It is absolutely spectacular. <laughs> By the way, I should mention that both of our friends have podcasts of their own, the Talking with TD podcast where you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And while you're there, the OTP, Rhett Bryan, is one of many contributors on Titans Radio to the fantastic product that our friends put out in-house. So you can make sure that you get more 
of them after they have been kind enough to lend their time here to us. So, Rhett, for Titans Radio, because you're looking at this from uh, – we're all looking at this from a professional standpoint – but you, you, you go, you take such meticulous care with your job. Anybody who listens to Titans Radio understands the amount of attention that you pay to your job and how much you are, how much, how much, how much preparation goes into not just a season, but into every single game, into every single bit of analysis, into every draft profile, player profile that they hear on their radios on a regular basis when Titans radio is evaluating the season and understanding that we have all been going through cycles of furlough and things of this nature. What has kind of been the approach for you guys when you look at just how to go through a season this way? Well, I think we start with to kind of go off of what Teron said, uh, listen, they will ditch the whole preseason if it means getting the regular season off the ground on time. Let's start with that. Um, whether that happens or not, we're gonna we're gonna see. And and to to piggyback off what he said again, you know, we're, the way we're riding, everything is in flux. Every scenario possible is on the table, and that includes how it affects Titans Radio. Uh, you know, I collect an enormous amount of audio through the week when the open locker room sessions are happening or training camp or whatever to kind of fill my audio coffers to use throughout the season as I go along for player features, interviews, whatever it is. And so I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, just like I don't know what we're going to do in terms of a broadcast. I'm preparing for to be able to get into booth five at Nissan Stadium and the other booths on the road and do what we do uh, the only way we know how. Uh, however, uh, we are, you know, talking – uh, amongst ourselves about contingency plans and what would happen if, you know, X came to Y and Z and how all the dominoes fall in that case. And it's just one of those things where we kind of have to be prepared for almost anything. Uh, I, I hope that it can be as normal as possible, but with the way 2020 has gone, my goodness, I don't know if that's a, uh, that's a tall order to, to say the least. Uh, Coach Dave McGinnis and I talk about after the <laughs> – Titans lost the AFC championship game and poor Kobe Bryant died suddenly. The year has gone to hell in a handbasket. It's just been no, all no. uh, it's it's just been a constant domino effect of bad news. And we fortunately, or we'll see what the second half of 2020 has in store for us. We have eclipsed the halfway point now that we have reached the month of July. Uh, and we all hope that COVID is not a second half team in this regard. But what you mentioned there, Rhett, is, is of huge importance. The ability for all of us in our respective jobs, be it ESPN, be it Titans Radio, be it A to Z Sports, the access that we will or may, that we may or may not have to these players and how that affects the coverage across the NFL. The Titans, mm -hmm. I think, and Tehran probably can speak to this better than I can. This is the only NFL team that I've covered. But when it comes to the access provided, these guys are fairly liberal in how much they allow us to interact with the players, how often that we are allowed to spend time with them, even if it's not an open locker room during training camp, if it's off the field, whatever the case may be, what our access represents, honestly, for us, uh, selfishly, is our – is our value, our ability to tell the story of these guys over the course of the season, to tell the story of this team. 
how how do we how do we efficiently and effectively do our jobs should the NFL decide okay we are going to have a a pool reporter we're going to have a photog and we're going to have you know one videographer on a on a daily basis on a weekly basis whatever the case may be and limit the access in a way to one at first and foremost limit the risk of potential infection but also this kind of helps the teams in a way that a lot of them like to limit the access. Could we see a case where maybe this doesn't become more the norm, but a little closer to it because the teams have been allowed this leeway? I don't think we're going to see a case where even, let's say this, this season, access is very limited. I don't think once everything begins to get cycled through, I don't think access will continue to be limited and that will be the norm because of organizations like PFWA, you know, Pro Football Writers Association, where they pound the table about getting access. And, you know, when you talk about that access and, and Rhett, you mentioned the locker room, it, you know, for me, we're talking with TD. I mean, that's, that's really, that's, that, I need that. You, you know what I mean? Because there's no other way I could, put a play on, on a, vi a video of a play in front of a player and we discuss it like we do on the show. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to make it really tough. And then you also look at the relationship you have to build. How much better is it to talk with someone face to face? I, I, but I know you and, you and Brett Kern, you guys are really close. You guys are really cool. That didn't happen through text messages or phone conversations or Zoom. It happened from you being in that locker room. And that's the advantage that we have is people with boots on the, 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 the floor in those facilities. So I, I don't think that that's something that's going to be taken away from us once things go back to normal. Rhett, when, when, you, when you look at the, the job that Titans Radio does with this stuff, we have not, under normal circumstances, we would have met the rookie draft picks by now. We would have had the ability for them to recognize us. When, when it comes to Titans Radio and this rookie draft class, just how much different is the, 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 the limitations that we have this year, more than any other year, for, like Teron is talking about, these guys being able to get to know us, get comfortable with us, allow us to help tell their stories, how much, how much more difficult has this been in a year where these guys may not even be in the state of Tennessee yet? Yeah, and, and I, you know, haven't met any of them. Uh, we've done right. some audio interviews over the phone, you know, with our draft coverage. I have not met them eye to eye or face to face, just like you guys haven't, unless it was, you know, you talk to them at the combine. And right. I know, you know, Terod's there and he's, he's working things there. Uh, but, you know, it's just going to be one of these down the road things. Uh, and, and hopefully to, to Ron's point uh, that things will loosen up a little bit as, as COVID hopefully uh, starts making some positive news and, and things that we can get back to, you know, being able to forge those relationships. Because as you guys well know, when you get face to face with a guy and you, because here's, here's what I try to do. First of all, I point to the mic flag on my, on my microphone and say, look, I'm on your side. I don't have anything to gain at all. Uh, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm never going to, I may ask you a tough question from time to time, but most of the time I'm going to need human interest stuff, or I'm going to ask you about your charity, or we're going to ask you about some game situational things. 
And I just try to say, you know, here's what I'm looking for today. And I just try to set it up like yeah. that. And that way, nobody is blindsided by anything. Nobody is taken aback. And I've, I've never had a really an unpleasant experience with anybody. Some guys just talk more than others. But that's going to be a down-the-road thing we're going to figure out with the Rooks. Thank goodness uh, a ton of these guys are returning that we already know right. uh, that we can, you know, hopefully get some time with. And I don't, you know, maybe there's a deal where we get a Zoom call uh, with a requested, you know, one person one-on-one -on -one every week, uh, and they split it up that way because that's still be, they'd be talking less to us than they normally would. Yeah, I, well, and you talk about the the ones that we know that are returning. There's a lot of guys that aren't returning that have made our jobs exponentially yep. easier in Jarrell Casey and Delaney Walker, Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, the, the, yeah. the list goes on and on. Honestly, guys, and we've talked to Taylor Lewan about this, how he's looking for a, uh, an increased role in leadership. And they've got a lot of young guys who are coming into their own. A.J. Brown, even in his second year, seems to have no problem dealing with us. Seems very comfortable within that setting. Jeffrey Simmons, also one of these players who will be looked upon in this regard. And we've spent a lot of time. I haven't spent a lot of time with you guys specifically talking about Jeffrey Simmons' uh, new, less baby fat trimmed body. But my God, I am, uh, I am looking forward to seeing what that guy, because for somebody who hadn't had access to a gym during a global pandemic, that dude is 300 pounds with a man V, and that should not exist yeah. under any circumstances. Uh, that, that prospect alone, seeing those shots of him the other day, I'm like, can we just get something going so we can see this guy practice and play? Because I'm telling you, uh, you know, Tyrone Williams, the defensive line coach, uh, has told us that, you know, obviously with as quickly as he came back from that injury, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, he wasn't anywhere near 100%. Now that he is, yeah. that's the yeah. scary prospect. And now that he has transformed his body, <whistles> hello. <laughs> and I tell you another thing that's interesting about Simmons, because I asked him about things that he was working on outside of the bull rush, because the guy has – a bull rush that I'll put against a lot of others. I mean, you saw what he did with Quentin Nelson. You saw him manhandle Marshall Yonder. We're talking about two of the best guards in the league. But just to, to think that he's developing other pass rush moves and working on, you, you know, quickness and agility a little bit more to add that to the strength, man, I, I tell you, I would not want to be a guard going against him. No, and no he's, question. He's such a thick human being anyway. His yeah. core strength has to be off the charts. Uh, and just as big as he is to be, uh, I mean, like I said, the prospect of Jeffrey Simmons at 100% and newly transformed, that's one of a gajillion reasons I want the season to hurry up and get here. No doubt. I mean, the, the natural strength alone when you watch it on film is, yes. is incredible. I mean, it's superhuman. Yeah. But it does, it does lend greater credence to what Teron is talking about with, with the development of, of true pass rush moves outside of a bull rush. They'll need to see more from him, more versatility. Not that he wasn't an impact player in his rookie season on 70% or whatever you want to call it of his full strength rehabbing from that a ACL injury that he experienced. You look at the videos, and Teron, your former colleague, Josina Anderson, spoke to Jadavion Clowney, and there was mm -hmm. no movement at this point. We have discussed Clowney Watch ad nauseum. I am so tired of this man uh, <laughs> hearing about this man, seeing this man who is not on this roster and continuing to be peppered about this dude who is not yet on the roster. But again, a video surfaces just when we think we are removing ourselves from the situation, 
Jadavion Clowney working out with a trainer in Houston. Fairly simple pass rush, pass rush drills that you're seeing from Clowney. Does what we know or what we are projecting about Jeffrey Simmons. They are, to be fair, they are projections. We will have to see just how big of a step he takes. Does that, for you guys, mitigate the need for somebody like a Clowney, or do you still think with as many veteran pass rushers as are out there, because I saw, again, another colleague of Tehran's, Field Yates, tweet the list of available guys. You're talking about Marcus Golden, Everson Griffin, uh, Ziggy Ansah, names who – May, may have faded a little bit, but who have still shown ability very recently to contribute to the pass rush. Does Jeffrey Simmons mitigate the need for another one of those guys if you two are looking at this from a 10,000-foot view? You know, for me, I, I believe there's three things you can never have enough of. Defensive backs, wide receivers, and pass rushers. And I, I feel as if Jeffrey Simmons – I don't know that they're going to rely on him to be the anchor of that pass. I feel like they're going to rely on him just to be the anchor, period. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean 10 sacks. That means QB crushing. That means collapsing the pocket. And collapsing the pocket is only so effective if you have guys coming off the outside. So clowning, if they could get a hold of him, I guarantee you everybody in that defensive room it, it just in, in St. Thomas Sports Park, period. I, I guarantee you all of them are like, hey, look, if we could get a hold of him, we that would be that would be major, you know, but we just don't know what's gonna happen. And good thing for them, you have Derek Roberson who's continuing to develop. You have Vic Beasley who is coming off of a nice stretch towards the end and been kind of slapped in the back of his neck, right? By team just saying, get out of here. Wait, turn around and pay him the money. <laughs> to another guy. So that's good motivation, right? So I, I think they, they should be in good shape regardless, but it would never hurt. I, I just – I look at Clowney, Rhett, and I uh, I think that he – and we'll talk about Cam Newton in the AFC. And Rhett Bryan has, again, brought us show-and-tell items that we must save time for at the end of this podcast. So I will transition that way. Uh, Clowney is what makes the difference for me in terms of the AFC landscape when it comes to the Titans and their ability – to keep up with the Chiefs and the Ravens. The, the Patriots have had started to fade from public consciousness with Jarrett Stidham, and then lo and behold, they go sign a former MVP for a million bucks, uh, up to $7 million in incentives, and just off the scrap here, uh, scrap heap, because of course Bill Belichick does this. The more impactful move in the landscape of the AFC, Rhett, to you, is it Cam Newton on the Patriots, or is it the potential of Clowney to the Tennessee Titans? Well, I think immediately you answer that with Cam Newton and the Patriots just because it's a quarterback league. And we have not seen a healthy Cam Newton probably since 2017. He's had both shoulders worked on. Uh, Clearly, you look at his uh, Instagram and all his things with the videos he's putting out, he's clearly motivated. He's clearly Got a huge chip on his shoulder. Scary. And if I'm the Miami Dolphins and I'm the Buffalo Bills, and I'm like, well, we got rid of that guy. Oh, here comes Cam Newton. Wow. Okay. Well, that's just fantastic. Great to be in the AFC East. Right. Um, so I, I would certainly say it would be him. But Jadavian Clowney here with the Titans team that was one win away from the Super Bowl, hey, that's a big deal. 
But because it's a quarterback lead, it's it, Cam Newton's the answer there. But to your point, and I know Teron's big on this guy, but Marcus Golden, I listen, I wouldn't have a problem yes. with that at all, or Everson Griffin, either one. Both of those guys are very solid football players. Uh, but Jadavian Clowney might be the over-the-top piece. Uh, Teron, I, I feel like there is no in-between when it comes to Cam and the Patriots. Either they're going to the Super Bowl with him or he'll be cut by Wednesday and none of this <laughs> will matter in the larger scheme of things because this is, you know, this is what they do. They get Reggie Wayne and Reggie Wayne doesn't, doesn't, isn't interested in doing the Patriot way at that point in his career. They get Ocho Chad Cinco, Johnson. Chad, yeah. Chad Johnson, hell, Albert Hainsworth at the very end of his career, yeah. which, didn't, uh, which didn't end the way that people expected to. They have brought in names before, but Cam, Cam is a year younger than Ryan Tannehill. And Cam has been physically beat up more than Ryan Tannehill because of the use in Ron Rivera's offense when they were together in the Car- at the Carolina Panthers. But if he is right, I mean, there is no reason to believe that the Patriots will not devise a completely new offense to keep pace with the 2020 uh, or the you know the way that things are trending and continuing to trend in 2020, which is to have the mobility of a quarterback adds a completely different dimension to what your offensive scheme is. Yeah, no doubt, and especially when you have an alien like Cam Newton at quarterback, it's it's ridiculous. I tell you, the first time I saw Cam Newton in person, it was 49ers against uh, Panthers, and I remember I would always go down and walk to the opposite entrance where the the visiting team comes in. And I remember I saw that guy emerge from from inside the locker room, and I was just like, and a ref, one of the officials, stopped and looked at him too, and Cam didn't see him. And he was turning around talking to somebody like this, and then he turned around and started jogging. He ran that official right over, and they did this onto the field. Didn't even look. (laughs) The official got up, dusted his hat off, put it back on, and was just like, and I looked at him and said, Cam is an alien, man. Hey, that yeah. dude is really big. And when you see him uh, just able to move the way he does and, and people have gotten on him about accuracy and, yeah, the ball does sail on him. But when he throws that deep pass, man, that deep ball that he throws is really, really nice. And the Patriots, when we mentioned Chad Johnson and, and some of the other guys that they brought in that it didn't work. But you look at Corey Dillon, Junior Seau, Rodney Harrison, Randy Moss, there are a bunch of guys that they brought in that it did actually work out really well. So I, I think this thing with Cam and, and Josh McDaniel, who drafted Tim Tebow and actually won a playoff game over the Steelers <laughs> with Tim Tebow right in Denver, I, I think, you know, McDaniels could do some things to, to make it work with, with Cam, that's for sure. Uh, not not to slight anybody's faith, but I believe Josh McDaniels to be the greater miracle worker in that particular situation against the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago. Rhett, I want to save sufficient time for okay. show and tell, and we have reached the 10-minute warning. Let's what do have, it. What have you brought for the audience, the visual audience? Of course, you can find the six yes. sessions on YouTube where this will air Friday morning for all of our uh, wonderful viewers to consume. What have you brought the audience today? Well, let me say this. Uh, first time I saw Cam Newton was his rookie year. Titans were playing at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte in the preseason. He's the he's the biggest. I mean, I've seen Dante Culpepper. I've seen this guy looks like a defensive end. Uh, oh, you know, monster. it's like the first time. It's like the first time I saw Brandon Jacobs. Uh, Brandon Jacobs, one of the biggest running backs I've ever seen, not named Derrick Henry, um, but unreal. So. Yeah. 
I've been on an extended furlough, so I've been working from home, uh, not really working at all. I've been working around the house. So cleaning out our basement, cleaning out our garage, going through my sports memorabilia collection. And so I came across this lovely jewel. This is a 2011 Topps Chrome Cam Newton rookie card that's trending about 40, 50 bucks a pop now that he's a uh, he is a um, New England Patriots. I've got some other rookies that I'll put in there with him. All right, now here's some interesting things in going through my sports memorabilia. Uh, here's a guy that's got a lot of questions to answer as he lost in Super Bowl in the Super Bowl as the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Here is a minor league rookie card of one John Lynch when he was a pitcher for the oh. Erie team uh, under the Florida Marlins. It's a 1992-93 Fleer uh, XL Prospects minor league rookie card of one John Lynch, the 49ers general manager. Somebody got some I explaining to do. <laughs> uh, and then there was some collegiate cards put out uh, around the early 1990s, I guess. And every historic team who had a long history had a set of these, whether it was Notre Dame or um, Florida State, anything like that. So I came across this Florida State card. Here is Rick Stockstill, the head coach of the MTSU Blue Raiders, when he was QB at Florida State. Coach Stock. <laughs> How about that? All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm building up to something here because you've seen in the last few days a lot of the fellow athletes and celebrities tipping their cap to the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues, yes. the baseball organization that you cannot have mo uh, modern Major League Baseball without these guys. I mean, we all know the story of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier and, and all these guys that really were there and were playing. I mean, they never, they didn't keep good stats in this thing. They played double headers a lot. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, Satchel Page is a uh, Hall of Fame pitcher that, you know, fibbed about his age and was like a 46 year old rookie for the, <laughs> for the in Cleveland Indians way back when. And I've been fascinated with, with all of their stuff since I've been collecting stuff since I was a young guy. In fact, Nashville had, a, a Negro League team back then called the Nashville Elite Giants that played at Sulphur Dell, not long, not far from where you live, Buck. They were the Southern League champions four or five times in the 20s and 30s. Uh, so I have an autographed baseball by several Negro League stars here. This is one with Double Duty Ratcliffe, uh, with Lester Lockett, with Nap Gully and Bobby Robinson, uh, Casey Jones. Uh, but my prize possession it's probably this one and it's sealed. So please uh, excuse the, the shrink wrap on this, but one James cool Papa bell autograph on the sweet spot. One of the all time greats in that league always bragged about how fast he was and said, I'm the only guy in the league that I can hit a, uh, hit myself in the head with my own line drive sliding into second base. Cause I'm so quick, but, uh, this is one of my favorites in the whole world. I, I have a bunch of these kinds of things with Buck Leonard and some of these other guys. I wish I had Satchel Page. I wish I had Josh Gibson. Uh, but it's fascinating to me. It always has been in, in yeah. some of the, the stories these guys had on the road. And they would play uh, mixed all-star games between major leaguers and these guys. You know, Josh Gibson's one of the few guys that reportedly hit a home run out of Yankee, old Yankee Stadium for God knows how far. Uh, but I wanted to tip my cap to those guys because they are a fantastic part of baseball history. Awesome. That's dope. 
A tip of the cap to Rhett Bryan, who always brings it strong anytime he stops by the 615 Sessions podcast with the show and tell segment. Maybe we make this a regular thing, Rhett. I, I am, you, you, you and Teron both uh, serve to help educate me and the audience in terms of sports history and history in general that we may be missing pieces of uh, due to ignorance or just a lack of avail- availability <laughs> to the resources as Teron and I and Kari Blossengame discussed last time uh, when he was kind enough to stop by the 615 Sessions podcast. The Talking with TD podcast is where you can go to get educated for the people. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast at tdavenport underscore NFL. For Rhett Bryan and all of the great Titans radio coverage, you know where to find my man at Rhett B. Tennessee and Titans Radio, the OTP. Whenever it is that Rhett Bryan returns to service, we will be there to listen to all of the expert analysis and insight that both of these guys bring about your favorite football team. Boys, it was too brief. I am uh, looking forward to whenever we get a chance to get back together, be it socially distanced or not, whatever the hell training camp looks like. I, uh, I, I miss my friends, and I look forward to celebrating another football season together, whatever that may look like. Appreciate your time today here on the 615 Sessions. Glad to do it. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. All right, five good minutes before we send you into the holiday weekend. And before we get started on this, I hope that all of you get ready to and enjoy a weekend with friends and family and celebrate the independence of our country at a time when independence is most important to celebrate. I hope all of you have a great 4th of July weekend. Before we discuss the news that broke on Tuesday after we had taped Tuesday's edition of this podcast. So, what has come down from the TSSAA, the governing body for high school sports in the great state of Tennessee? The start of football and the girls' soccer season will be delayed in our state due to COVID-19, the Rona, the pandemic, the thing that plagues all of us in today's day-to-day life. What was said by direct, Executive Director Bernard Childress, uh, he put out a, member, uh, um, excuse me, a memo notifying member schools the delay is a result of the governor, Bill Lee, his COVID-19 state of emergency declaration that includes limits and restrictions on contact sports and activities. What this memo says is that the TSSAA is in the process of developing a regular season and postseason options to present to the board for consideration. At this point, what we know is that these seasons will only be delayed and not canceled. This is something that is on the table, though. The cancellation of a high school football season, of a girls' soccer season, in a state that values both things very, very much. And what it strikes me as, because I see a lot of these member schools, a lot of local schools here in Middle Tennessee and in Nashville in particular, tweeting and using their voices on social media to at the TSSAA and say, please do the right thing. Allow our student athletes to have their senior sports season, be that in soccer, be that in football. If it gets late enough, be that in basketball, whatever the case may be. And I understand the pleas of these schools, and I understand 
what a great value we here in Tennessee place on high school sports. They are the lifeblood. It is a trickle-up effect without question, and it starts here with the great student-athletes that we get a chance to see over the course of the high school football season. Our friend Joe Dubin from Channel 4, he, the, the thing that he values most after so many years covering sports and being in the sports media, Joe Dubin will be quick to tell you that there is nothing more pure than high school football. I think the same could be applied to high school girls soccer. But the thing that strikes me the most is if is that if this is not the impetus, if this is not the catalyst to get people to finally recognize the importance, and I do not want to make this a political uh, pulpit preaching on the importance of wearing masks here in Middle Tennessee now that we have officially, as of Thursday, reverted back to phase two in the Tennessee Pledge and the reopening of our state. If this does not emphasize the importance of trying to protect each other, I don't know what will. This is what we value most. What we value most is our ability is, and listen, I speak, I speak from the perspective of somebody who does not have children. Um, frankly, I am somebody who, ne- who does not have the desire to have children. I know from being uh, the, the son of, of actually three very loving parents in uh, my mother, my father, and my stepfather, I understand just what a money pit children represent. But I also understand what joy there is to be found from, from my specific experience and from my family's specific experience high school football. So many memories that you just simply will be deprived of in the same way that you talk about losing a high school senior's senior year, a college senior's senior year, the way that we saw the pandemic end these things so brief, so abruptly, and now you're seeing that USC in particular will shift to online-only classes this fall. What could this possibly mean for their football season? But it starts here at home. It starts here with high school football and with girls soccer. And as important as these things are to our community, to our sports society, and frankly to the families who invest so much of their time and so much of their talent and so much of their life into these things, what a great tradition it becomes here among local high schools in Middle Tennessee. The importance now more than ever, to protect one another by taking the necessary precautions that have been outlined. Something so simple as wearing a mask can help us get this thing back on track or at least get it to us sooner and prevent the cancellation of a high school sports season in a time where we just need something pure. We need something pure that has feel-good attached to it. And I think that at its core, as our friend Joe Dubin says, is what high school sports represents more than anything else. That's five good minutes to send you in to the 4th of July weekend. Guys, I hope that you enjoy the long weekend if you get it. If you are just getting away for Saturday and Sunday, I hope that you spend it in, uh, in, in safety and in the, the comfort and security of friends and loved ones. And I hope all of you are safe and well during this time as we venture into unprecedented times. It's going to be strange. Football season is going to be weird. Teron, Rhett, and I have discussed it. You know 
how, you know what the situation is. And I hope that you don't get tired of hearing the different ways that we discuss the same topic because it is all the same topic. It is when we can return to sports. But I hope that you will enjoy a holiday weekend, hopefully take your mind out of it. I hope that you I, I take distract you from all the ills that we are currently facing in society. I just, uh, you know, I just, I just hope all of you are well. And I will not get, I will, I will end it on that. And I will wish you uh, to, I will wish you to stay safe, stay clean, and stay hot, Nashville. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day for this great nation of ours. And as always, I will talk to you next week right here on the 615 Sessions podcast, powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. <laughs>